Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Should the FCS just go fully independent for the 2020 season? And 
How about we get the chick who doesn't know sports along with Jari Martin in the show today. It is two telling one is 1029 ESPN radio SWX Montana television across the state. Great to be with you on this Friday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for spending it with us on your radios, on your televisions, or as the case may be on your internet. It's the World Wide Web. We're there. 1029 ESPN.com. You can listen live anytime you would like to. You can check out the stream anytime you would like to. The stream is available all the time thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank. Your local bank, your opportunity. If you would like to pick up your phone and call us, you can do that as well. 361-3688. 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. Uh, let's take a look at what we got in the show today. First of all, uh, the CAA canceled yesterday in terms of a uh, their their football season, but they canceled just the, I guess, the conference affiliation portion of that. They're not saying that they can't play football. In fact, they said that the teams in the CAA could pursue an independent schedule, which it sounds like James Madison is going to do. So uh, we will see kind of how that develops. But in light of that, what will that mean? Also, a couple of competing narratives about what's going on with the SWAC, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Uh, so we will get into uh, that as well. We also will hear from our dear friend Carolyn as we do it each and every Friday. The chick who doesn't know sports is here. Top of the hour. Very happy to welcome in Jowry Martin to the show. He is a running back at Montana State University. He just finished up his redshirt year last season, heading in now to his redshirt freshman year. He did play in four games, as the redshirt rule allows uh, last season. But this is the first year... Uh, uh, where he is expected to be, you know, in uh, in full force, as it were. And so we'll talk to him. And also, guy uh, out of Lakeland, Florida, uh, a black man from Lakeland, Florida, who had uh, some opportunities to speak during some of the protests that were happening down there and had, I thought, some really poignant thoughts that he put together on the spot when he was back home uh, over the course of, uh, of the spring and summer during the events that took place, uh, obviously, nationwide. So we'll talk with him about all that kind of stuff and his expectations for the 2020 season where we're at there. We also uh, may get into a little bit of men's state amateur golf. You never know what's going to happen. And the University of Northern Colorado, UNC, has suspended some athletic workout activities after a spat of positive COVID cases. So there you go. That is our Friday show uh, for you. Coulter, what's going on, man? Nice to see you. Nice to see you. How you doing? I'm doing fine. As soon as you start talking, your microphone falls to the floor. What's going on? Uh, it seems that? like an engineering issue. <laughs> Tell Tommy. <laughs> Okay, I'll tell him to come in. I've here never had a lot, I've down. never had a microphone that actually stands up correctly. Not in almost three years of doing this show. Well, welcome. You're almost. I, I don't. I've me. also never had a computer. All you got to do is tighten it. I'm going to mute you so you can do it. There you go. Other direction. Oh, there it is. Away from you. Very good. Uh, let's start. Let's start Coulter with some college football here. Uh, we talked yesterday about the CAA canceling football. And they did a little different. They said, "Look, we're not going to have con- we're not, we're, we, the, the conference. The Colonial Athletic Association is not going to have football, but the member schools are free to do as they wish." And it's not clear to me, actually, that they're not free to do as they wish anyway, right? I mean, is there a scenario in which the the conference could say, not only are we not having conference football, but we are barring our member institutions from playing? Perhaps there's that sort of power. I don't know where the power would lie in something like that between a commissioner and a university president and an athletic department. Um, But for what it's worth, uh, particularly James Madison is probably the most notable school. There's several others, like we talked about yesterday, Richmond and so forth, in that uh, uh, conference Coulter but it got me to thinking uh, and I read something I believe was from a friend Andrew Howden who was saying hey 
why don't we just do this across the board? Why don't we have disband conference football as such for this 2020 season and start from scratch and let anybody who can and is willing to play whoever they you know whoever they want put those schedules together now i understand it would be a logistical nightmare okay when you talk about you know 150 football teams potentially trying to look at scheduling with whoever and wherever they want presumably though there would be some geographical expectations right that you would probably look to teams in your own area before you'd start trying to call you know from montana florida and georgia and kansas and california you know are going to be long down the list before you would presumably play you know your neighboring states as far as it goes i think it's an interesting consideration what do you think about something like that <laughs> well i don't know i, I kind of want to get into what, some of the details of the caa first before we get into that because well, I mean, to bluntly answer your question, the reason that you don't do it, I guess I, I, guess I have to lead with a question to you. Yeah. What does a conference mean and how important is a conference in this day and age in college football and in college athletics? Well, it's significant. Uh, it, it matters because when you're trying to understand the, athletically speaking, when you're trying to understand how good teams are, and you have 300 of them at the Division One level and half of those at the FCS level. That's right. To have a complete, a completely wide-open thing, you know, if they all play 10 games, you sit here and you go, well, I have no idea who's good, you know, in, in the way that you did because you could decipher, okay, the CAA, we have an idea about what the bar is for that conference, for the right. Big Sky, for the you know, for for the Missouri Valley, and so on, and for right. the others then as well. And so it, and, and it, it used starts to, be, to stagger. So it's it's important in that respect, I guess. It used to be a huge issue. I don't want to say issue because I think some of it actually made college football better, but it, it was uh, gravitating towards conferences exclusively, with the exception of what Notre Dame and the academies. That's about it now that play independent. Yeah, I mean it. It has. I think UConn UConn's was between been, conferences right. at one point and played like an independent season. BYU or two. has BYU gone has in and out yeah. of independence. But, but you're right, it's four but, or five but, schools. But people forget, though, all the way up in, until the late 1980s, many schools were independent. Miami was independent, mm. Penn State was independent. That's awesome because of the national schedules you could play. But that's how Joe Paterno rose to so much prominence because he was willing to play anybody, anytime, anywhere at Penn State. Mm-hmm. That's how he got them to be so good. And Penn State has not experienced. Penn State has been successful since joining the Big Ten, but they have not experienced nearly the success they experienced before joining the Big Ten. I mean, they won two national championships before joining the Big Ten. Miami won two national championships. I guess three national championships before ever joining a conference. So, uh, but that's also where you set up scenarios. Then we have split national champions because you have a team that doesn't play in a conference that goes undefeated, and another team that plays in. I guess in that point, like the Big Eight or. You yeah. know the you know the pack eight, and so the Notre Dame and Nebraska are co-champions. co-champions. Yeah, yeah. And this guy's the these these guys are the AP champions. These guys are the you know college Coaches insider champions, champions right? whatever. Yeah. So I, I think people were frustrated by that. I mean, no doubt. You talk about Penn State's national championships; they split both of them, and, and, and so of no fault of their own, they were undefeated both of those years. They just didn't get to win it outright because there wasn't this uh, playoff system or a BCS system or anything. So it's always been this moving target, but. Uh, on the FCS level, to answer your question, first of all, let's, let's analyze the Big Sky Conference as a whole. What the Big Sky Conference once was and what it is now is is vastly different. The lens you analyze it through, I think, has an influence on the opinion you might have of the league. In other words, what I'm saying is 
the old Big Sky that featured Nevada Reno, that featured Boise State, that featured um, you know Idaho before they made the move up and then came back down. Um, you know, at one point featured Cal State Fulcher, but that's not a traditional member. But with the, the the traditional Big Sky, it was regionally a lot more symbiotic. There's a lot more traditional rivals. It was a lot stronger of a league. You can talk all about. Washington Grizzly Stadium and Don Reed and Dave Dickinson and all the different factors that went into the rise of the University of Montana. But one of the main factors of the rise of the University of Montana was the exit from the Big Sky Conference of Nevada, Reno, Boise State, and Idaho. It's just it's just the truth. So what does this what's the prestige and tradition of this conference? This Big Sky, the current iteration of the Big Sky that's been been in existence since 2012, it looks nothing like the traditional Big Sky. No one would have ever imagined you would have a public Ivy like UC Davis in the Big Sky Conference or that you'd have one of the premier polytechnic schools in the world in Cal Poly in the Big Sky Conference. So what are we hanging on to if we are hanging on to the the tradition and prestige of the conference? I'm not so sure because if you look at it through the lens of a lot of schools that left, the narrative, when if you ask them about what they think of Montana, Montana State, is that they were just too scared to move up, that they wanted to be a big fish in a small pond. On the other hand, though, Montana, Montana State have, have been able to experience such awesome success, have such national brands, and really benefit financially from being the biggest fish in a relatively small pond in the big sky. No doubt. But then you look at... I think that exploring an independent schedule specifically for this year in this unique situation is an absolutely viable option for schools like Montana and Montana State. But what what domino is that then in what the future of college football, particularly FCS football? Because as we've been talking about for months, there's very few teams that are actually even making it playing FCS football. They're, they're getting a bye by a shoestring, if that. And if they don't have money games with Power 5 schools, they're not getting by by any string. They're, they, they're not getting by. What sort of the 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 money you could use to buy games and or the guarantees you can get to go on the road if you're Montana, Montana State, North Dakota State, James Madison, those are real things. How is Idaho State going to put together an independent schedule? How is Southern Utah going to put together an independent schedule? Because the, the question is, who's going to go to those places? Yeah, you so, can get home games in Fargo. You you're not getting anybody to go to Cedar City. Here's I have I have a couple. There's a bunch of things here. First of all. I mean, a lot of what you talked about was just the viability of the conference as a whole and how different it looks from what it once what it once did. And there's no question that it does. But that, to me, is a completely separate conversation from what is going on right now and a, trying to figure out the logistics of a football season within the scope of a pandemic that we're experiencing. Right. And what might fall out of that. Right. I, I, I don't know. Who can possibly say? I also think it's worth noting when you talk about teams that are making it or not making it, no FCS program is, quote, making it. I mean, in terms of being fully. The, the University of Montana, it costs the institution of the University of Montana money to have a football team, sure, even sure. though they are the, one of the, if not the biggest revenue generating football teams in the country at the FCS level. Uh, yeah, they're second behind James Madison. So, and, and Montana State, the same thing. The difference is, is that it. It's thirty-five percent of the athletic budget sure. that goes in, you know, that, that comprise what they get from the university, as opposed to seventy or eighty percent right. at these other places. But the point is, it is an what? expense to have football. Period. End of story for all of these schools. I, the question is just how much. Oh, and even though, and even though James Madison generates a significant uh, amount more revenue than Montana, they also are subsidized at a significantly higher level because the 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 
the brilliance and the uniqueness of the James Madison structure is the fact that they have one of the highest athletic fees in the country, and they have a huge student body. So they're, they have a $50 million athletic budget, so much of which is funded by the student body, which is not necessarily the case at most yeah, other that's right. FCS schools. So, At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Here's the other thing, though. If this was to happen, this fully independent schedule like we're imagining, yeah, I have to believe that that honestly, most a majority, over fifty percent of the schools yeah. would not play football. They would just say, "Yes, we're we're not going to do it." Right, but th- but, then, we but, can't but, do th- it. but then that gives a bunch of people that don't care and or don't see the value in football an excuse to not have football, and that's the scariest part. Well. I mean, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I, tell, I, tell me, tell me this. Say James Madison. What James Madison is proposing right now is putting together a ten-game schedule, five FBS games, five home games, right? Okay. They stand to make way more money than they've ever made in the history of their program. It, yeah, if the if the if the FBS if they can find FBS programs, to why would they go back to the CAA after that? Where else are they going to go? Good question, but they have the infrastructure to make the move more than any other no, school in the I, FCS. I, I think you are projecting what is happening now into the future, and I don't think that's possible. I think what we are in is a completely unique situation that is going to be a one-and-done situation only. And I'm not saying things won't change coming out of this longer term, right. but I am saying that if they think that they're going to be able to schedule five FBS football games in the future and rack up, you know, two and a half million dollars or something in so doing. No, they can't. They will not be able to do that. They will not have those games available to them. You don't think? No. Given their location? Absolutely not. Man, man. I don't know, man. I think if they went independent, they could get five FPS games every single year, especially if they're willing to play them. The, and I'm not talking about just Power 5 games. You could get games against, like, Miami of Ohio. You could get games against, like, you know, I don't know, North Carolina State. You could, I mean, where they're located, it's just such a, it's a mitigated cost. It doesn't cost the same amount of guarantee because you don't have to pay for the travel as much. You're way more fluent. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think that what we're seeing now is going to be a precursor to a massive change in college football. I'm not saying that's not true. Multiple, I, at, at all levels too, right? We're going to see a, a, yeah. an even further fracturing between the Power Five and the and the what it, what do they even call them? The not what is the non Power Fives where they refer to the, them? The group of five. The group of five. Yeah. We're going to see a fracturing between that. We're going to see a fracturing between the group of five and the top FCS programs, and we're going to see a lot of FCS programs that are towards the bottom of the heap really consider their football future. Whether they're going to have football or not, I, I think there's a lot of. That's truth why to a that. conference is important because a conference. Idaho State's been the bottom of the barrel in the Big Sky Conference for 15 years, right? But because they're in the Big Sky in other sports and competitive in other sports and they have alumni that care about regional athletics, they exist, and they're never not going to exist. They're not – like Idaho State, for example, and Northern Colorado, for example, are in nowhere near the state of disarray as in Eastern Washington, ironically, even though Eastern Washington's had so much more success. Mm -hmm. So much of it's because of the – uh, institutional support, but also just location. There's all these different factors that go into it. But but having a conference in it exist that your school is in, it almost makes it a um, a requirement to have 
football. And that's where it, this gets so muddied then because if the conferences start to get realigned or dissolve, then I just think you're going to see a full sale change in terms of who, who and who can offer football and what does that mean for their institution. There, there's been the, the the landscape of college sports has been and will forever be in flux. Okay, and that's just what it is. Sometimes it's greater, and sometimes it seems a little more static. But the the the, the changing numbers of teams and conferences, the changing affiliations of teams with conferences, the in, entering into and out of conferences and we've even seen now for the first time in history the, the dropping of a level of a football team when it comes right. to the division that they're in that they're playing at what I am all I'm saying is that whatever happens now maybe this becomes something like an impetus for doing other things down the road but but I find that very tenuous to project and everything that happens now if you played a fully independent nationally independent FCS schedule, it would only, only have import this season and this season only. Nothing would change about the conferences as such as a result of this to me. I think then then when you get on the other side of this thing, whether we have some sort of medical resolution to it or we, you know, what, how, however, however we get through to the other side, which we will, then you just pick up where you left off. Everybody's back to square one. And if some teams or some presidents or some athletic directors go, you know what? Here's what we figured out during this time, and we're going to do this now differently. And certainly there would be those. Then then you take those as they come. But to sit here and go, well, I think that all of a sudden you're just you're like their conferences are just going to dissolve, cease to exist. You're going to have a bunch of independence teams playing a bunch of, you know, independent half and half schedules or something like that is, you know, is interesting to talk about. I'm not even saying it's not possible, but I just find it hugely... It, it's impossible to predict to me. I, I totally agree. I'm not saying that this... If some schools in the Big Sky put an independent schedule and some schools don't, it's going to cause the immediate um, dissolving of the league. That's not going to happen. Right. But it could... It gives the blueprint to gravitating away. And by and, the way, you and I both agree if it was the right teams gravitating away... Probably good for the league, right? I mean, 13 yeah, teams yeah, in yeah, football yeah. is not good for the Big no, Sky it, it's, Conference. It's not. It's not. But it's also... It's it's not good to have 13 teams in the Big Sky Conference. But you also... To have the haves, you also have to have the have-nots as no, well. No, you don't. No, you don't. You could, have, you could have seven great football teams in the Big Sky who are perennially very good. Right. To put, yeah, you have to put this into perspective of the way that that the, the top supports the bottom. So, in other words, it would be a huge hit to FCS football in the West if Portland State didn't have football. Do I think Portland State is the perfect fit for the Big Sky Conference? I don't. I think they're a better fit than a lot of teams in the league. Mm-hmm. I think they're not as good a fit as the traditional charter members of the league. Right. But if Portland State doesn't have football, that's a huge hit to every single school in the West, regardless of what conference you're in, because it's so hard to schedule games. FCS versus FCS games. And Portland State is surviving because they're in a league. Right. It's the teams that you could kick out that would be fine. It's not about the quality of the league or even the or the quality of the school, excuse me, and the way, that, the way they fit in the league or even the tradition of them being in the league. It's all about their viability. 
Cal Poly going to Independence, fine. They can handle it. They could. They could. They have the money to do it. UC Davis just opened up a fifty million dollar athletic facility. A lot of people think they're making a push to go to the Mountain West, and the Mountain West might kick out San Jose State, and UC Davis might slide in that spot. We'll see. But UC Davis being an independent would actually be good for the health of the FCS because UC Davis could play an independent schedule like Cal Poly did for years, and now you have automatic quality non-conference games that aren't FBS games. Think about how many times... I mean, I was teasing with a couple of my buddies who played for the Grizz. They were saying, we didn't know until we started following Skyline Sports that Cal Poly wasn't in the league when we were playing in the, in Cal Poly. We just thought we opened up with Cal Poly every year. Mm-hmm. That was just that was just the game. That It was just a league game. We, they didn't even know that they were in the league because they played them every year. But Cal Poly can then go play all of these teams and you have a, a quality, good opponent... Each and every year. But, so but does it does I, it matter when you're playing when they when the big the Big Sky Missouri Valley Challenge, for instance, right? right? Yeah. Like, regardless of whether a team's conference affiliated or not, you only have X amount of non-conference games that you're going to play, right? And you can still like there's plenty of schools, whether they're in a conference or not, that are good FCS opponents to try and schedule, right? It's just a matter of getting them to do it though, because it costs money. I mean, that's the everybody's talking about. Montana State had the the buy game against Utah, right? It was going to be the biggest payday for an FCS yeah, play in an FCS. Six hundred fifty. Six hundred seventy-five thousand was what they were going to get paid. Well, okay, Montana State makes much more than six hundred seventy-five thousand dollars at the gate each and every week. They host a home game, right? But you got to get quality home games to get people through the gate, right? And you have to subsidize. Maybe. You have to subsidize. Well, not. I mean, to have. The, the difference in revenue between just having Bobcat Stadium hold their capacity attendance is 17,777. But they take so much pride in being the school that has the highest percentage of attendance in the country. Mm-hmm. They oversell their stadium constantly. They have standing room only. So when they average 19,000 fans, they're averaging 108% of the capacity, right. say, right? Right. Right. Montana doesn't do that. Montana, it's 26500 If you sell it out, you sell it out. That's what it is. We've had a couple games where there was been... Pushed you know, it. You know, where they wanted to push it, so they broke the record by 100 when they're playing the Cats. You know, like in 2018, I think they broke the stadium record because yeah. they just they wanted to make sure they broke it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a big game. But that $675,000 that Montana State doesn't get now, though, that's what goes to pay for the other two non-conference games that they're supposed to have on their schedule. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where you're losing out is you need the quality because the, just the difference between 777 and 19,000 is significant. So you need to play, you know, the Stony Brooks of the world rather than the you know, Oklahoma Panhandle states of the world. Yeah. Uh it's two tell new on us, 1029 ESPN radio. We got one other thing I want to touch on here, but we didn't do this off the top. We got to do it right now. It is Friday, and I am so very satisfied with my Florence Coffee Company iced Americano. Coulter, this is your drink of choice, the Americano. Straight is that what you just, got today? Of course. Oh, yeah. Iced Americano. Oh, that, oh, that's, yeah, it's what I got. You got what, what you, you got, got as yep, well. Yep. So we got, we're, we're, we're uh, drinking buddies here with our coffees. Uh, it is Friday. You're cruising around Western Montana. There is a Florence Coffee Company kiosk very near to where you are. And it is the perfect day to just get a little bit of iced coffee going. I know that Reese in the back, he got a hot Americano. He wanted to, you know, get the standard deal. They hook it up 
And they do it the right way, man. Automatic additional shot for every additional size of drink that you get. So you have a consistent coffee to water ratio. It just makes sense for crying out loud. Why are we charging for this additional stuff? It's just how it should be done. That's the way Florence Coffee Company does it. Our thanks to them for sponsoring the Florence Coffee Company coffee break, as they do each and every Friday around here. Uh, Coulter, competing narratives. We uh, Brent McMurphy, who is a very reliable source, yep. tweeted out uh, today that Monday, the sources are saying Monday the SWAC will announce the canceling of football. The commissioner of the SWAC rebutted that that report and said that is 100% false. He said, I don't know how the presidents will vote on Monday, but we 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 don't know what is going to happen on Monday. There will be a vote for it. My guess is, is that Rick McMurphy has pretty good information of how that vote is going to go come Monday from the presidents, even though the vote itself has not even happened. So there's not a report about some past tense fate accomplished sort of thing, but it seems very likely I would probably roll with when we take the air at 4 o'clock in uh, 72 hours from now, the SWAC will also be one of the conferences not having football in the fall. Well, I think both sides are right. It's a matter of semantics when you're talking about this because this this is why right. the Big Sky was smart to, to follow the NCAA's lead and the very initial statement that Commissioner Tom Wishershill made stemming from the initial conversations that the Big Sky president's had was that at the end of the day, no matter what decision is made, we are going to have it have the the individual teams be autonomous in their own decision making, yeah. and then we will take whatever feedback we get from them and try to make some sort of cohesive decision ourselves. But first and foremost, each school will make their own individual decisions, and that's exactly probably what we're going to hear from everybody. Like the Ivy League just said, it's it's canceled. That's it. The Patriot League, canceled. But everybody else has left the door open for spring sport, spring football, for spring fall sports. Um, but also now with the CAA saying, we're not having a conference season, but you can still participate in fall sports. I think that's going to be the trend. So the, model. so the SWAC might do that exact same thing. So then the commissioner, you know, it's not being canceled. It, you can still have football. We're just canceling the conference portion of it. Can I ask, let me ask you a question Yeah, as it pertains to the Big Sky and all of this. We just got an email today. The Big Sky media days are being moved up to Thursday and Friday of next week. Uh, yeah, it's very symbolic. Do you, do you read, what do you read into that? I, I mean, I think it's very cut and dry. I think that they want to get all the content they possibly can out of this before they cancel. But I don't, but what? again... I, I don't know. I, I don't quite copy. Like, what? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they wait for? I mean, they're gonna what, to get a second news cycle through or something like this. Just I mean, to have all conference teams to have a narrative around the season and then make the announcement that then we're not having a conference season, but schools can play independently. And so then basically you still have the hype around a pending and potential football season that might just not include all of your members. But then the members that maybe decide not to play can have a little bit of publicity going into then what's going to be a dark period, basically. Um, it's too What do you think? I have several. They're, they're the first. They're, this is the first conference I'm aware of that's moved it up. Several have moved it back. The ACC yep. moved it back. A bunch on the East Coast, they're like, well, no, we're going we're gonna to hold on until we know. And that makes sense because you would to sit here and have a full conference media days under the auspices that we're going to have a Big Sky Conference football season 
with something like the expectation that in fact you're not is is odd. It's weird to me. Um, but you know, I don't I don't know entirely. I have several questions about this. I want to talk about a little bit more of the details that came out of the CAA today. I talked to Greg Media, a friend of the show, uh, who, who works as the James Madison beat writer for the Daily News Record yeah. in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where, where uh, James Madison is located. I have some stuff from him as well as uh, some questions. And I also want to talk about the way that this pertains to particularly the Montana schools and if they might follow the trend of James Madison. And I also want to talk a little bit more about the media days, too. So let's uh, let's do that. We'll do that. Uh, and also, if there is going to be an independent schedule in the big sky, who should the Montana schools play? Uh, yes, each other is going to make the list. Boys and girls, the second annual Smoke on the Water presents Fire in the Hole. It's a nine-hole golf scramble. It's a week from this Saturday, okay? A week from tomorrow, July 25th at the Linda Vista Golf Course. Registration's at 1. Shotguns start at 2. Festivities are going till 8. There's going to be dinner after the scramble and everything else. They got both live and silent auctions. They got artwork. They got fishing and hunting trips. They got bourbon. They got rounds of golf. If you want to see the auction items, go online to CigarsOnTheWater.com. That's CigarsOnTheWater.com. You can also register. It's $125 uh, to play and participate in this thing. Obviously, it's going to be uh, a ton of fun. There's prizes on every hole, including a brand new motorcycle and side-by-side from Grizzly Harley-Davidson. So awesome stuff uh, potentially to get out there and win as well. Partial proceeds from this event are going to be donated to to the Western Montana Shrine Club, so you're going to have a nice give-back part of this as well. But go online, cigarsonthewater.com, check out the auction items, and register a week from this Saturday to play in Fire in the Hole, the second annual Smoke on the Water uh, golf scramble. Again, Linda Vista, a week from Saturday, cigarsonthewater.com. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf, and nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. It just recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. each get to ask and answer one more question about this and then we will get to Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports is 2 telling one is 1290 ESPN radio at Gus Tutel on Twitter follow me there and I will lead you to glory at 1029 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT as well uh, Coulter we had a bunch of stuff that we were you know 
talking about a bunch of different threads in the uh, first segment that we want to get to. I have one question that I want to ask and sort of you know hypothetically answer. But first, do you have one that you want to get to? I do, but first, another piece of news. Okay. And I'm sorry to just keep going down the the, the bad news rabbit hole, but it, it just is what it, just it keeps is. Keeps coming, yep. It's like my brother said. He said you should just be the guy who gets out ahead of everything. Just say, just say breaking. Life is over. <laughs> Sports are canceled. It is. Just just all of it. Just get ahead of it. Every conference hey, is canceled. A week from yesterday, MLB opening day. Uh, okay. right, Can we right, stay with right, that? That's right. Uh, no, this one's actually impactful, though, because the Great Northwest Athletic Conference just suspended all fall sports through November 30th. Okay. The reason that's impactful, even though the Great Northwest Athletic Conference is a Division II conference, yes. they are the home of Montana State Billings. Montana State Billings does not have football, but that, that will impact um, other both Big Sky and Frontier Conference schools in the state because of like volleyball and stuff like that, non-conference games against MSUB because MSUB is always competitive in in Mm -hmm. all non-football sports and they almost always play at least a couple of Montana schools. But also the suspension of football definitely impacts the Big Sky Conference because as we know, Montana was scheduled to open up their home schedule against Central Washington on September 5th. That's no longer happening. Western Oregon was supposed to open up at Idaho on September 5th in Moscow. That's not happening. Uh, I think there was two other Big Sky games. I'm trying to skim through this composite schedule. But here nor there, Big Sky Conference schools now are down and, another game. And this is the first announcement that has direct implications for schools in the state of Montana. Uh, with, with the exception of the Pac-12 canceling their non-conference right, right, because right. that affected Montana State because sure. of the Utah game. Yep, but yep. So now basically, no matter what happens... The Cats are down to a 10-game schedule at very most. Unless they're able to find something. Unless they can find something, right. But I'm saying, like, right now, they've lost a game with their game at Utah, and Montana has now lost a game with their game against Central Washington. All right. Uh, Try not to break any more news today, huh, Coulter? (laughs) Yeah, for us. Okay, here's my question for you, Coulter. I want to go back to this completely independent deal, okay? Yep. Let's say the big sky follows suit and does what uh, the CAA has done and what maybe the SWAC is expected to do on Monday right. and says, we're not having college football, we wash our hands of it, but if if the individual schools, teams, athletic departments want to, you know, go ahead. Who should Montana and Montana State play? And I've put together a list of, of teams that I think are pretty obvious and then a, a, a second list of teams that I think are, are possibilities, and I want to hear what you think about it, okay? Okay. I, you would assume I'm I'm just leaving Montana versus Montana State as it's scheduled, you know, at uh, in in Missoula the end of the season as the last game of the season. Okay, yes. keep it there. I think both the Grizz and Cats can, could, and or should play Idaho and Idaho State and Eastern Washington. I think Weber State, if if they're able and willing, could be in there as well, and. This is dependent. I we already we just heard earlier today, you know, about Northern Colorado pausing their voluntary workouts because of of some positive tests. But yep. regionally speaking, I think a Northern Colorado could get in there as well. I mean, they're not they're not that far away from a, a you know, given everything that's there. So that's five teams uh, at that point that that you know are possibly there. I also think. North Dakota State could be and should be available, especially if the same thing was to befall the, the, the Missouri Valley Conference. And then, former member, but like opponent of North Dakota. Now we're at seven, potentially. 
Uh, what do you think about those teams, and what other teams would you think about it being being good opponents for a just mix and match FCS schedule for the Cats and the Grizz? Well, it's easy to look at it just through the lens of the Cats and the Grizz because if and when James Madison makes the blueprint for what an independent schedule looks like for this fall, I do expect Montana, Montana State, and North Dakota State to at least explore it. But the number one factor... I, I think it'd be awesome, right? If, if, if it right, happened. But, but you have to look at the full picture because there's the two main factors you have to take in consideration. It's not about wanting to play and who are the best regional opponents to play. It's about the money. It's about finding people that are going to play. Yeah. Idaho State, it would be an ideal opponent. But is Idaho State going to be able to put together their own 10-game independent schedule? Do they have the resources to do that? Do they have the money? No team is going to want to go play 10 away games. No team is going to want to do that, right? Some teams, like a Sacramento State, for example, say the, Sac- the Cal State system says no on-campus classes, so then th- there's no ability for Sac State to have on-campus football games. They have talked about, their athletic department has at least floated, potentially playing all road games. That's the only team I've heard of doing that, though. You're not going to want to play 10 games on the road if you're Idaho or Idaho State. So what's the viability of actually being able to do it? The Cats and the Grizz are probably going to have to wait it out to see who else is doing this. Mm -hmm. But now, also, I mean, i got to think that there has to be some reasonability here. Montana, Montana State are in a, in a in a enviable position if this was to have happen because they can leverage. Hey, you know who? You know how many fans we could possibly have at this game? And again, whether that even happens, that changes everything as well. And that, that's the thing, though, is it, it's an enviable position in a perfect world, but an unenviable position in a, in the real world because because like we've talked about for weeks, playing games in front of half full stadiums is not financially feasible for the Montana schools. But here's the thing, there. There is no financial feasibility. I mean, it doesn't right. exist. Yeah, right. But it's 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 a it's so much more of an all or nothing situation. It's not one of those things where you just want to sell half your hamburgers to make sure that you at least get half the money back. You can't do it. You have to have a three quarter full stadium or no games. No, I, I because I here's here's the, here's the here, here's the thing because. If you risk playing an independent schedule right now, so say James Madison's one of the only teams in the they are going all in on this. James Madison is all in on this, according yeah. to Greg Media, who who is one of the best beat writers in the country at the FCS level. But now you say the rest of the CAA comes back in the spring and says we're going to have a spring season and it's viable. You can do it. Now James Madison's out for that season, and James Madison, although they're going to make money off playing FBS opponents they're not going to be able to pack their 28,000-person stadium. Mm-hmm. They might be able to. Might is the key word. We have no idea what the world's going to be like in May. But they might. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, it, it's a no in September. You know, it's, it's a maybe in May. So that's going to be the situation that the Cats and the Grizz get into is do we roll the dice and try to play, you know, a home-and-home against NDSU, a home-and-home against, you know, a home-and-home Cat Grizz, fill in the schedule with Idaho and Weber and North Dakota and, and whoever might be, also be exploring it, or do we wait so then when Kakaris is in Missoula on, say, you know, May 15th, we can sell it out? Sutel Nuanis, 1029 ESPN Radio. We got a lot more to say about this, and there's a lot more coming, especially next week with Big Sky Conference football media days being now moved up to Thursday and Friday of next week, the 23rd and 24th. So we'll certainly talk uh, more about that, perhaps even later on in this show today. But we got to get out because – 
after all of Coulter's depressing news breaking that he's doing, we got to have a little bit of fun. Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, she's up right after this. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Boys and girls, it is a Friday edition of Two Telling Nuanas. How you doing out there? Good to be with you. Thanks for letting us hang out with you. Take you down to the aisle into your weekend, boys and girls. This is uh, you know, this is all right. This is what a weekend's supposed to be. 80s in July, a little bit of sunshine. It's nice today, perfect. I don't know why I'm talking about this. Enough with this. Let's have some fun, huh? My friends, it's Friday. And it is time to try and have a little fun, to try and lighten the mood a little bit. It's been a very bad week in so very many ways. The MEAC's out, the Patriot League's out, the Ivy League's out. Lord knows what's next. Baseball's supposed to be back, but right now, none of that matters because the Iron Grizz pre- presents the chick who doesn't know sports. Carolyn, wonderful to have you back here on a Friday. I'll do my best not to interrupt so as not to be admonished by my father for being unkind to you. Now your phone. Just go ahead and start. Just go ahead and start. Well, I actually wanted to start by giving a (laughs) shout out to your father who was really looking out for me and gave Ryan a little grief because he thinks that Ryan gives me too much grief. Mm. He pulled me aside in the garage, man Mm. to man. Mm. You interrupt Carolyn. And I don't, yeah, I don't this think that it's, I don't think that it's okay. Yeah. The best part about Ryan's dad is when he does these things, it, he is so dead serious. Completely. And if you try to make it into like, a, oh, oh yeah, I'll work on it, dad. Like, ha ha. He'll stare through your soul. <laughs> yes, he will. He will stare well, through Well, I just feel really grateful that he's looking out for me. Mm-hmm. So just What's next, thinking. Carolyn? Okay, well. Um, <laughs> Do you see the irony of what just happened yeah, there? Yeah, I find it um, sort of offended. I'm sort of, I'm sort of offended that Chris doesn't stick up for me. You know what is funny? I brought it up. I said, I, I do it to Coulter all the time. He goes, well, you know, it's just it's a little different when it's Coulter. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> so I can be as rude to you as I want to be, just not to care. Well, it's actually funny because that's the, uh, I would say that's the primary evolution of this show from Tutel and Tucker to Tutel Nuanas because you could have just called the show The Interruption yes. with oh, I like you that. and Tucker because uh, it wasn't ever part of the interruption though because there was no apologies to be had with uh, no. the interrupting. Tucker is perhaps the greatest interrupter that's ever lived. He does. He When he's got an idea, it's coming. That's why he's a great talk radio guy, because as soon as it's it's off the rails, bam, Tucker. <laughs> That's funny, because sometimes after a night out of drinking some wine with friends, I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, is my nickname the interrupter? Because I get so excited to talk and tell my stories. 
anyway. Like you are right now. What's your next story? Anyway, so I do have to tell you guys another quick thing. I have this bear's face mask. Yeah, it's and, horrific um, looking. Ryan told me I'd probably get beat up wearing it because apparently there's a lot of Packers fans in town or something. Something. I have been stopped several times and told how great it is. A. B. Last week in Albertsons, I had a young gentleman stop me in the aisle and want to talk about the 1985 Bears. Is that right? And was that right before he stole celery and ran out the front door? No. I believe it was. That did not happen. Bears we were actually we were actually in the wine aisle, believe it or not. Shocking. But I wasn't buying wine. I was buying chips. But anyway, it's wine on one side, chips on the other. It's not important. What's important is that we talked about the 85 Bears. And, and what did you have to say? I really just said, um, I. he asked me specifics about the game, and I said, I don't know, but I just remember watching it, and Jim McMahon and Refrigerator Perry were So there. you just said some names, didn't have any context for Correct. it, didn't get into anything. Walter Bay didn't score a touchdown. Refrigerator Perry did score a touchdown. Probably why they never won another Super Bowl, because of the bad blood that existed between Peyton and, and Dick. None of that? No, but I'm going to record that. For next time. Good. I was just going to say, someday when you're not being a socialite, maybe we could go have a glass of wine and we could tell you all the talking points you ever <laughs> needed for your antiquated team that was um, historically good so oh, four decades ago. When, when Vikings fan Nuana is and Packer fan two tell get through with you, you will not be wearing that mask. I <laughs> uh, disagree. Well, you can disagree all you want. <laughs> it's so funny because I have always hated the Bears, not because they're in the NFC North, just because I just hate them. I just hate well, the they concept hate you too. of them. Yes. It's funny because some of my favorite players, I mean, Khalil Mack is one of my favorite players in the NFL. I love him. Walter Payton, even though I wasn't old enough to watch him play, I mean, oh, okay. well, I then. idolize Walter Payton. I mean, I've read so many books about him. I love Walter Payton. Yeah. Still hate the Bears. Yeah. Oh, they They're... hate you back, so <laughs> fine. All right. All right. So moving on, um, the NBA bubble. Yeah. I am really kind of upset that we're not getting a reality show out of this. Okay. <laughs> we are. It's called the, the rest of the NBA season. No, I want cameras following them. I bet it is just a blast in there. I bet they are having oh, so much man. fun. I bet you they're not. <laughs> also, did you know there's a snitch line in, in there, the bubble? A snitch line? So if someone is not social distancing or wearing a mask, you can call a hotline and report them. Yeah. Here's what I think. I think the snitch line is only going to be used as a lie to mess with people by other players. Like, I think that... Like the old school prank oh, calling? Oh, I think before, you know? Wouldn't you think this culture, like, second to last game of the regular season, it's, you know, whoever it is, it's it's Jazz Blazers. Right. And you're going to call and say, hey, Rudy Gobert's at it again. You right, know, one right, of the players, right, right, even right. though he's not. Right, right. Just to, like, Damian get Lillard, a rise out of Damian him. Damian Lillard's in Miami. Yeah. There's yeah. a picture... <laughs> Yeah. They're photoshopped. It really is. On they, South Beach. They are. Dude. That's going to go That's, crazy. I didn't even think of that. I don't like that one bit. Yeah. I, I think I, they're I, overdoing I, it on the anonymous tip line. I listened to a hilarious podcast all about uh, it was an NBA insider. His name escapes me, and I, that pains me because I really Ryan respect Tutel. him. Uh, but he was saying that he got to sit in on some of the meetings between the owners and the front office people about when they were debating between Vegas and Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> and just how opposed 
all the people in control were to Vegas. They're of like, course. you guys have no idea what's <laughs> yes. going to happen. Like every single one of these guys has a full on entourage and party line yeah. in Vegas. Like there is no quarantining. They'll be sneaking in. It's it's going to be like yeah. chaperoning a high school dance. Like yeah. these guys are going to be out four in the morning every night. Yeah, like it's going to be well, a disaster. You know, they we now I have already seen more shotgun beers in the bubble than I've seen ever out of the you know the the the. The NBA, quote unquote, in season or whatever. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, Charles Oakley said that in his podcast with Bill Simmons, the one that was so legendary and got so much feedback. He said that's one thing that is a stark difference is that these guys now they don't drink, they don't go when they go to the club, they go to the club like sober, and they have people coming to them, and they don't have to go like work the room. It's it, it's an interesting development because he was saying like back in the eighties and nineties, like we're going to the club, and we're like drinking all the bottles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well. You mean they they don't drink right now in they don't quarantine? drink during the season? Oh, got it. Because I mean, well, and I mean, yeah, yeah, millions and millions of dollars sense. on the line. Yeah, it does yeah. make sense. Of course, let's, yeah. let's let's you know some guys do. I mean, let's be clear. This is not a teetotaling league in season by any stretch. There's plenty of guys who are going out and doing right. whatever they want to do, and as much as of as they want to do. But I think a lot. It is. I think that the the idea of partying with substances, regardless of the legality or not, is is much smaller in terms of frequency, extent, and numbers now than it has historically well, been in the association. Well, part of it too is just because of how they grow up. Because some of these guys they don't go to college for four years. It used to be you go to college for four years, you might probably maybe you're in a frat. You know, you had the college life. You played beer pong and you stuff did like the that. Whole thing. Like these dudes yeah. are, are straight in the NBA when they're 19 years old, and like they're under a spotlight. You can't be going to like like the corner bar if you're Zion Williamson. You know, you can't just be going down Beale Street like pretty hard to drinking uh, some. You know, sneak what is it? What are you East Coasters like? Yingling is that what the beer is? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's the Pennsylvania. Beer. Yeah, Yingling. <laughs> that's right. Nasty. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Fancy Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> What else you got, Carolyn? All right, I have a conspiracy theory for oh, you. Oh, boy. This is good. Let's perk it okay, up. Okay, so just let me... Don't interrupt and let me get, get through the whole thing. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. 72 NFL 72 players... 72 what? NFL players... Okay, go ahead. Was I mumbling? Sorry. 72 NFL players have yes. tested positive for, for coronavirus. Okay. Coincidentally, yeah. Aaron Rodgers and his girlfriend Danica Patrick have broken up, and he has a new girlfriend, Shailene Woodley. From okay. No, I, I she's didn't just even an actress. I didn't even know that Danica and Aaron Rodgers had broken up. Like, where did you get that information? Is that a conspiracy? No, TMZ. Hello. Oh. Anyway, if you're getting a new girlfriend during COVID. You're not taking the necessary precautions. So I'm going to go ahead and blame Aaron Rodgers for the spike of coronavirus um, in the NFL. Thank Put you. Put the mask back on. <laughs> here's, just... <laughs> a, here's the actual Aaron Rodgers conspiracy that I want to know. Oh, brother. It, it seems to me that Aaron Rodgers does not have the reputation as a heartthrob amongst the females? NFL following public, oh. mainly females. Okay. Yet... Who Aaron Rodgers is dating has been the biggest dating news of any professional athlete for the duration of his career, which then leads me to think he must have a publicist who then publicizes his relationships because he's never really shied away from it either. He's dated very um, yeah. a great many famous women. I just find it very perplexing. He's only though. dated two, mm. Olivia Munn and Danica Patrick. He had a, he had a famous no, girlfriend before that, too. he did. Jessica Sklor, she was on uh, Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. 
that's true. He said what? he said a handful of famous girlfriends. Okay, he but has, I mean, he's, and they're all gorgeous. Probably only gonna have famous girlfriends, just like just about everybody. But that's what in the I'm NFL. saying, though. Like, there's no publicity about anybody's girlfriend except for Tom Brady, who's married to one of the most famous women in the world. Russell Wilson, who's married to somebody who's equally as famous as he is, or at least was at yeah. a moment of time. Oh yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I, I find it. I just. I've always found it very interesting. Well, let me ask you this: uh, the difference is that, like Tom Brady, it's very easy to he see. Interrupted, made you see mm-hmm. that Tom Brady. But it's. But I mean, it's one of the reasons I hate Tom Brady. But it's very easy to see why you'd publicize who Tom Brady's dating. Look at him. Ugh, but bar- here's. <laughs> yeah, so I love all, you. All I'm saying is that Aaron Rodgers plays the most, the highest profile position that there is in sure. American sports. Sure. Okay. Is one of the five best at it. Yep. And is one of the only guys doing it that's single sure. as such. Okay, and like, also, who, I don't think he publicizes any of this. I think TMZ runs around, and this is uh, what their job why is. is. That in, yeah. Why is that interesting to people? Uh, that's what I think is interesting, though, because, I mean, you don't know who Matt Ryan has ever been involved with, or Drew Brees, or Dak Prescott, or Deshaun Watson, or Lamar Jackson. Plenty of people do, though. The point uh, is, is that... Any high-profile athlete that's dating anybody whatsoever, it just becomes news. And the higher profile the athlete and the higher the profile the counterpart, then the higher level of social noticeability that that comes with it. So when you have Aaron Rodgers, prolific NFL MVP quarterback, and anybody who's famous like Olivia Munn or Danica Patrick, and also the oddity of Danica Patrick, like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was random. Yeah, it seems like bizarre. Like, where did these two cross paths? What NASCAR race was she finishing 23rd in that they decided, like, this made sense? So she come in behind Bubba? I don't know. I don't know. She's not even racing anymore, right? She's done. But who's the new girl? Shailene Woodley. She's on Big Little Lies. She's been in a bunch of stuff. She's very cute. What is that? Is that a movie? It's a TV show on HBO based on a very good book. HBO. Okay. All right. Um, Okay. I just have two more quick things. J-Lo and A-Rod are in the top four bidders for the Mets. And people are really into them being the owners. You know why? Sports insiders say (laughs) they think that J-Lo can bring out the Mets glam. Oh, boy. We talked about this. We talked about this on Tuesday. Yes. The most startling part of this story is that Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez are worth no less than $400 million combined. Mm -hmm. Oh, each. Is J-Lo worth that oh, much? Oh, yeah. She's, She's worth, worth as much, I if not more, than Alex million. Rodriguez. Okay, yes. so his net worth is three fifty. So they're worth six fifty yeah. combined. Okay? They still are having to recruit. They, they've recruited half a dozen or more premier, highly paid pro and ex-pro athletes to throw down on this because that's how expensive it is. That shows you the gap between... I mean, you couldn't be more famous and successful than Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez, right. and you're still not even close to being By able the to way, buy a team. It, it, that's how rich these owners are. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think they are the majority partner No, they're in not. The bid. An they're a minority thing. partner. Yeah, yeah there's like, but it's there's, like a hedge fund that's investing in it or something, right? I guess I just want to know what, what the glam side of the Mets looks like. I mean, bedazzled uniforms. Who, where where did you even... Page I mean, six. That doesn't even make sense. Well, I'm just telling you what I read. It's hard-hitting news. Here's what is true. The COO of the Mets, whose name I don't know, has said, is on the record, that he would prefer to sell it to that group if their bid is in the, may I say, ballpark. Oh! oh. Wow. 
was of the other bids that can't have come through. But right now, the leading bids at two billion dollars, and the J Lo A Rod bid is at one point seven billion. Listen, so they got to do better. If I was worth $300 million, I would mm-hmm. retire. What are they doing? Why would you even want to continue to work? Chill out. Get on your yacht. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. How much chilling can you do, though? I could chill. Oh, boy. I could chill so you hard. We could sink that yacht just by laying oh on it God. just yeah. all hour after hour after hour. Watch. Unfortunately, I'm starting to become like you, so. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've no. noticed. I know. Um, and then one last thing. Kay. Miles Garrett. Yes. 24 years old. Yeah. Right. He just signed a $125 million contract. Let me guess. You yes, want to be did. his piggy bank mama. Yes, I was just going to plug myself. So if they need, if he needs someone to help him with his finances, call me. You can find me here at ESPN Montana, Missoula, and just I'm here for you. Now, did you pay attention to the Patrick Mahomes deal that happened last week? I saw something about it, but I knew I wasn't going to be on, well, so I didn't pay attention. Well, he's even younger, and he signed what turns out in total to be a $500 million deal. For how long? 12 years in total. It's a 10-year extension with two years left on this current deal. Okay, boys. I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to Patrick and Miles. Yeah. I'm sure they're listening. Right. Guys, Absolutely. please invest wisely. Look, they don't need to, Carolyn. Yes, they just they need do. to not blow it. Okay. They don't need to actually Fine. invest don't a dime. Don't blow it. Yeah, okay. And if you need help, I'm here. Carolyn, thank you for being here once again with us. We appreciate it very much. Coulter, our friends at the Iron Grizz, they bring us the chick who doesn't know sports each and every Friday. And they also bring one lucky listener wine and appetizers on the outstanding patio that they have, the Iron Grizz over on South Avenue. It is uh, in and uh, with the University Golf Course there. Beautiful spot to sit and watch uh, watch some folks hit the little white ball around and also uh, out on the patio catch some sun on an evening with, uh, you know, some nice person that you'd like to, you know, have a conversation with inside as well. And the food, absolutely delicious. Give us a call right now. 361-3688. We got a certificate that is going to get you a bottle of wine and an appetizer from the Iron Grizz. So first caller, give us a call. That's all yours. But if you're going down there to enjoy the back deck or enjoy any of the Cajun flavorings on the menu or anything like that, also swing by the Campus Dining Produce Market, which is right in front of mm-hmm. the Iron Grizz at their garden, which is one of the most sustainable places in town. But they feature locally grown produce from all the on-campus gardens, including that specific one. And their le- weekly selections feature garden produce, fresh herbs, duck eggs, and root vegetables. South Avenue Garden in front of the Iron Grizz every Wednesday to from 4 to 6.30 p.m. and every Saturday from noon to 2.30 as well. Darren Grizz, 515 South Avenue, located at the base of Mount Sentinel at the University of Montana Golf Course. 361-3688, call right now. Appetizer wine from the Iron Grizz. You're welcome. Carolyn, thank you very much. Thank you, and thank you for not interrupting. You're welcome. Jahari Martin, next. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore 
live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.